welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Force. Join us now for a service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. This week, I was just spending time with the Lord, and I asked God, I said, God, what in the world do you want me to minister on? You know, sometimes you have it, and sometimes you're in a series, and sometimes you, you know what's coming next, and but this was kind of one of those odd weeks where we kind of finished up another series and it's one Sunday before we go to the new series which is Focus on the Family which will be our summertime series. And by the way, we're going to do a lot of creative preaching with that one. We're going to be changing the stage up. We're going to be doing different things, putting different things on the stage. So it's going to be a fun and informative series. But the Sunday before, I asked God, I said, God, what do you want me to share with your congregation and with your people and it's like the Lord began to speak to me about alignment. And he began to take me back through my life. And he began to show me places in my life where, where we are where we are today because God set us up for it. God aligned us for it. And so this message was really birthed out of the relationship that I have with the Lord and the relationship of love and gratitude and thankfulness and thanking God. And then it dawned on me, you know, there's probably a lot of people in this church right now that are experiencing things that they don't understand. Have you ever wondered why things happen the way that they do? It could be that God is aligning you. It could be that God is setting you up. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to teach through me today. Come on. Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and we thank you for the privilege that we have. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the joy that it brings. We thank you for the instruction that we glean from it. I pray that you would anoint me to be able to effectively teach and preach your word today. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear. May their understanding be active and enlightened. May we understand what God is trying to tell us today. We give you praise for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, God's going to speak to you today. Let's say amen. God alignments produce God assignments. Can we say that together? God alignments produce God assignments. Several years ago, before we came to this church, we've been in the ministry for many years, decades now. Several years ago, I was in a state overseer's office and I was having a conversation with him and he was asking me about going to, actually coming to this church, to pastor this church. And I looked at him and I said, well, you know, and, and so there was a conversation that took place and on the way out when we were leaving, he patted me on the back and he said, Jonathan, remember that God gets us where he wants us to go through the relationships that he gives us in our lives. God alignments produce God assignments. I can see throughout my life that there are times when I have met people that I thought that I would never meet, people that I didn't even know existed. And God put them in my life, not necessarily for them, but God put them in my life because they knew somebody that they needed to hook me up with. There are times when God puts people in our lives because God wants us to help them get a hookup. There are times when God uses us to align us to set things up. And you say, well, pastor, why would God do that? Because God is a God of structure 
and God is a God of order. Look at creation, Genesis chapter 1, creation. The Bible said on the first day God did something. On the second day God did something. On the third day God did something. On the fourth day, the fifth day, the sixth day, and then the seventh day the Bible said that God uh, rested. Here's my big question about that. How come God didn't just do it all at the same time? How come He took seven days to establish because God in the very beginning was setting up a structure God was setting up a structure for you. God was setting up a structure for me. Genesis chapter 1, creation, the first day, the second day, and so on. Before God can fulfill His purpose in your life, He must first set you up. This is called alignment. Touch your neighbor and say, you're being set up. Come on, tell him, you're being set up. God's setting you up. You're being set up. Something amazing is getting ready to happen. God's a God of structure and God is a God of order. Now listen to me very closely. Structure and order produce honor. Structure and order produce honor. Where there is no honor, chaos rules the day. And confusion rules the day. Structure and order produce honor. Honor. Example, Moses commissioning Joshua. We'll talk about it in just a moment. But throughout the last years of Moses' life here, he was consistently working God's plan of succession and he was consistently releasing anointing into the life of Joshua because he knew that God had picked Joshua to be his successor. So God and Moses was aligning Joshua to become the next leader of Israel. Numbers 27, 18 through 23. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. This is NIV. Have him stand before Eliezer the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. Now I want you to see this structure. First of all, God speaks to Moses. Secondly, God identifies the successor. Thirdly, God identifies the spirit of leadership in that successor and communicates that there is a spirit of leadership in that successor to Moses. And then God speaks to Moses and said, I want you to lay your hand on him. So there's four different things that happen right there in verse number 18 in sequence. And then verse number 19, the Bible said, Now Moses, I want you to take him and stand him in front of Eliezer the priest and in front of the entire assembly and I want you to commission him in the presence of the priest and in the presence of the assembly. And then he said, You've identified him as your successor. We've identified him as your successor. We see the spirit of leadership. We're putting him in a place where a priest can lay his hand on him and where you can lay your hand upon him and when you are in front of the people and when you are in front of the priest, I want you to give him some of your authority. Do it in their presence. What would have happened if Moses would have said, you know, Lord, why can't we just do this in a back room somewhere? The people would never have embraced him. The people would have never embraced Joshua. So there's a structure and there's an order. And then we go on here and the Bible said he is to stand before Eliezer the priest 
who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. So now Eliezer, who would go before God for Moses, now is going to go before God in the presence of the people and in the presence of Moses for the successor, Joshua. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out and at his command, they will come in. How come they will go out and come in? Because they had just seen Moses give him some of that authority. And so they would do that. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and had him stand before Eleazar the priest in the whole assembly and he laid his hands on him and commissioned him and the, as the Lord instructed through Moses. So we see structure. We see order. We see commissioning. We see identity. We see all of these things and all of that produced honor. Now, if, if we go out, we don't have the time to do it this morning, but if we continue to go throughout the life of Joshua we find out, and Moses, we find out that there are different times when Moses would do things for Joshua, that he would pray over him, he would put his hand on him, he would instruct him, he would bring him with him into prayer, he would bring him with him up into the mountain of God. He took him with him up into the mountain of God. It was Moses and Joshua that came back and they thought there was a sound of war in the camp and they were coming down and Joshua said, that's not the sound of war, that's the sound of partying and that's when the golden calf had been erected and made by Aaron. So you see, Moses had taken Joshua up and there was impartation that was constantly going on, setting up structure and setting up order, which one day would result in honor. Proper alignment produces blessing. When we allow God to structure us, when we allow God to give us order, when we allow ourselves to be put into proper alignment, it produces blessing. Now here's a very simple example of that. 2 Chronicles chapter 27, King Jotham, the Bible said was 25 years old when he became a king and he reigned in Jerusalem 16 years and his mother, Jerusha, was the daughter of the high priest Zadok. She was, she was, that was his mother. His father was King Uzziah. Remember Isaiah chapter 6, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. So Jotham's father was a king, but his mother was the daughter of a priest. And so he had the law and he had grace. He had structure and he had mercy. He had all of that. And he learned how to love God because his father loved God so much the Bible said he was inquiring of the Lord and Jotham got very, uh, very upset with the Lord. Actually, you can read it later, but he got very upset with the Lord because his father loved God so much that he really, really, really wanted to be a priest and he went in and tried to do the priest work because the priest wasn't getting it done fast enough and the Bible said he had to back out of the presence of the Lord and leprosy broke out on his forehead because he crossed the line and invaded the structure and invaded the order that God had placed, God had put there. And then the Bible said that Jotham did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. Now we start seeing this. He right in the sight of the Lord, rebuilt the upper gate of the temple of the Lord, did extensive work on the wall at the hill of Ophel, built towns in the hill country of Judah, forts and towers in the wooded areas, waged war against the king of the Ammonites and conquered them. And, jo and Jotham grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. What he was doing was rebuilding the old waste places that had been torn down. 
He was rebuilding God's kingdom. He was putting things back in order. He was realigning structure. He was creating order. And and through that process, he was trying to honor his father and he was trying to honor his mother and he was trying to honor the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And because proper alignment produces blessing, he grew powerful because he walked steadfastly before the Lord his God. Listen, when we allow God to align us, there's a payoff. When we allow Him to align us. So you wonder why you're going through what you're going through. Probably because God's trying to align you. All right, now I've kind of laid a little foundation here. This is going to get good now. You ready? Sometimes our purpose is delayed. Why? Because we interrupt the alignment process. We say, God... You know, God's working in our life. God's doing things. God's changing things. God's shifting things and things are moving and all that kind of... And and because it gets uncomfortable, we misidentify it and we lose our discernment. We say, I bind that in the name of Jesus and we start trying to bind what God is trying to do. It could be that God is trying to align you. It could be that God is trying to set you up. It could be that God is trying to do something phenomenal in your life. If you could get where you need to go by being who you are, then you would already be there. So there are some things that God has to change sometimes. And most of the times, that's things in us. Sometimes He has to change things around us, our circumference. And sometimes He has to change our circumstances. But the main thing that God has to change is us. Because let me tell you something, God's not going to change. And His Word is not going to change. And His ways are not going to change. Because the grass withers and the flower fades, but God's Word stands forever. You will never be able to change the Word of God, but if you will submit to the alignment process, God will change you and His Word will change you. And before you know it, you'll be walking in a blessing that you didn't even know existed because you submitted yourself to the hands of the potter. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your path. You know what I found out about God? Right about the time that I think that I've got it all figured out. Come on, you're not hearing me this morning. Right about the time that I think I've got it all figured out, God says, let me handle you, you cocky little guy. Yeah. He does. He does. Hallelujah. One of those times that he handled me is he gave me a wife. And when she said, I do, she had a little pin. She would pop my little ego every now and then. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 8. The Bible said, Yet you, O Lord, are our Father. You are the clay, you are the potter, and we are all the work of your hands. We have to reaffirm in our hearts that he is the potter and that we're the clay. Our problem is we keep trying to get off the wheel. Right? We keep trying to get off the wheel because the wheel is not a very pleasant place, is it? On that wheel we are shaped, on that wheel shaped, we are molded. On that on that wheel sometimes we are crushed. And you know, right about the time, you know, when he starts to shape us and mold us, and right about the time we get just about close to perfection and everything starts feeling real good, then all of a sudden he takes us and puts us in the oven. And cooks us a while. 
We're like, oh my goodness. And then sometimes he'll pull us out of the oven and look at us and say, there's a flaw and back to the wheel. We go again. And you know what he's doing? He's aligning us. He's putting structure in our life. He's putting order in our life. I don't understand why things happen the way they do sometimes. I don't understand why people do what they do. I don't understand why they say what they say. I don't understand why they can't be what I think that they ought to be. One of the hardest things that I've had to learn in my life is sometimes God wants to bless people that I don't like. (laughs) And I'm like, God, why? It's because I love them. Why do you love them? So here's my advice to you this morning. Let God stack your deck. There are some people that don't belong in your life. And you're trying to hang on to what God is trying to deliver you from. And so we've got to make up our minds. You know what? God, if you don't want them in my life, okay, fine. You're God. But God, it looks like the... Devil's winning. What do I do? We trust God in that process. Some people don't belong in your life. People leave because they don't belong in your life. There are all kinds of people. Quit trying to hang on to what God's trying to, to, to deliver you from. The Bible said they went out from among you because they were not part of you. There are some people that cannot handle where you are going. There are some people that can't handle the level of anointing and discernment and power and revelation that God is moving you into and rather than holding you back, God just separates you from them to liberate you so you can accelerate into your destiny. I'm preaching to somebody right now. We hang on so hard sometimes. We hang on so... You know why we hang on? Because there is a fleshly connection. We hang on because of soul ties. You know, the soul is the seat of the mind and the will and the emotion. Lord, I don't want the separation. The separation hurts. And God says, but you got to love me more than you hurt. And God says, if you'll turn loose, you can reach higher than you ever thought you could reach and you can go higher than you ever thought you could go and you can see things that you never thought you could see because your discernment is clouded because of the circumstances around that person, around those people. And so what we got to do is we got to make up our mind, God, if they're not destined for my destiny, then I'm willing to let them go because what really matters, God, is where we're going together. Where we're going together. There's different kinds of people. I found this out. This is our fourth church. We've been pastoring for a lot of years. This is our fourth church. I found this out. There are all kinds of people. There are scaffolding people and then there are destiny people. Scaffolding people are people who will help you build. Like when we first came here, we started doing major renovations. I mean, my goodness, we came in here and we totally, totally, totally renovated this place. Believe it or not, where you were sitting, there used to be pink carpet and pews that would walk like this. (laughs) See the popcorn on the ceiling? It used to go all the way down to the corner of the bottom of the soffit right there, including the wood. The wood was popcorn. 
Look at this beautiful sound system. This beautiful sound system wasn't here when we got here. No, there were two household speakers that were about 30 years old that were hanging up there that would crack and pop every time somebody said hallelujah. <laughs> there was a huge mammoth pulpit. You couldn't do this with that pulpit. There wasn't any way. In fact, if I was standing behind that pulpit right now, you'd see about this much of me right here. And that would be about it. And I'd be, shout yeah! Somebody would be kind of like, shout yeah! Somebody, shout yeah! I mean, I'm not real short, but I'm not real tall either. But that pulpit made me feel like a midget. God bless the midgets. I love them. I do. I hope the Lord gives us a whole bunch of them someday. This wasn't here. This wasn't here. I mean, we, we, we built this drum cage in because we finally had a drummer. And we built the drum cage in, and, and I'll never forget. We were building it, and Dr. John, of course, he was here. And we were building it, and we, had to, we actually had to build some of these steps in, and we built this step all the way across here and all of that. Drums actually used to be over there. The sound used to be back there. Those two windows that are back there were not there. I mean, all these kinds. And so we're building it, and I said, you know what? I said, let's not make just a regular drum cage. I said, let's do something like this on the front of it. And they said, how can we do that? I said, I don't know. Then they figured it out. We could just go get some thin plexiglass and we can make it look like a fish tank. So now every Sunday, we have a great big goldfish in the fish tank. <laughs> this is new. We had an old beat up piano, you know. There used to be this. None of this was here. There was a there was a, a a thing that came down, one of those slanted ceilings, and and uh, and then I mean that was the first thing that we put. I mean this is pretty cool. Some of you guys have never seen this because you weren't here. But check this out. Check that out. Wait a minute, that's not working. Wait a minute, what's going on? It don't work anymore, does it? Or does it? I don't know. But anyway. That's supposed to come out of the ceiling, and it doesn't anymore. Praise the Lord. We got that now. Why'd you tell us all that, Pastor? Because a lot of the people who helped us do all of this aren't here anymore. They left for various reasons. You say, well, that doesn't sound like success. It does when you understand God's process. Because you know what they did? They went somewhere else where a church needed to be built. They're serving in places like that. In fact, I was watching on Facebook just a couple of weeks ago where there's a, a family that was here and they helped us and they worked hard and all of that and we're still very good friends with them. I mean, I talked to them. I'll go meet and have lunch with them and all kinds of stuff and, and, and they're actually helping another church get started. Why? Because they're scaffolding people. They're scaffolding people. They're people that help build things up. And then there are destiny people. One of the worst things that I could have done for them is try to hang on to them and force them to try to live a life that didn't go with their identity and their destiny. Now, I'm going to say something right here and I want you to listen very closely to me, okay? Many times we wonder, God, why in the world 
Lord, this hurts. Why do I have to let them go? Well, sometimes you don't have to let them go for you. Sometimes you have to let them go for them. Okay. Now, all of us have our job in the kingdom. We're all valuable to God. Every single one of us are valuable to God. 1 John 2, 18-19, Little children, it is the last time as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come. Even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. If it looks like Satan is winning, here's what I want you to remember. Number one, Whatever Satan can do, God can do better. Come on, touch your neighbor and say, Whatever Satan can do, God can do better. Mm -hmm. Satan uses manipulation and power games to get what he wants. And here's my advice to you, don't play the game. Just don't play the game. Manipulation and control are witchcraft. You're spirit-filled. You need to make sure you're filled with the right spirit. The Holy Spirit. Not a witchcraft spirit. Okay? So manipulation and control are witchcraft spirits and Satan uses manipulation and power games to get what he wants. Listen, whatever people get through manipulation, they can lose through manipulation. And whatever you get through manipulation, you can lose through manipulation. And this is what I have found through the years. Worldly favor has a shelf life. When you live in God's favor, there's no shelf life. But worldly favor has a shelf life. I'll do this for you as long as the right fruit keeps falling from the tree. I'll connect to you as long as you can take me places. But when it looks like we're not going to go there, then I'm out of here, baby. They never say it like this. They say, I feel like the Lord is leading me. Listen, God might be leading people out of your life. He might be delivering you. He might be setting you free. If they have been manipulators and power control people in your life, you need to let them go. Because they've been working witchcraft over you. And you've got to let them go so you can live in freedom and they can live in freedom. Whatever people get through manipulation, they can lose through manipulation. We need to trust God's process. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. There's nothing going to happen to you today or tomorrow or next week or next month or next year that's going to surprise God. No, no, no. Psalms 75, 6 and 7, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Wow. When I realize that God is in control, then it just takes the heat off of me, doesn't it? When I realize that a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord and God delights in His way, and as long as I surrender to Him and live for Him and love Him and let God guide me and let God direct me, then I know, you say, well, how will you know it's God guiding you? Because where God guides, there will be structure and order and it will produce honor. It will produce honor. The anointing will strategically lead you into a place where you can receive what you need from God as long as you look at Him 
from your, as your source. I remember my first church, it was the early 90s. We were in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and I'd been on the road evangelizing for about seven or eight years, and we finally decided to go ahead and take a church. Jeremiah was actually born there. He's 21, so that was 21 years ago. And so, uh, so we were there, and uh, I remember uh, Larry Arnold. Larry Arnold was our district overseer pastor from down in Sykes to Missouri, and we were pastoring in Cape Girardeau. And I was having a conversation with him one day. I was in my 20s, and I was having a conversation with him one day, and he looked at me across a cup of coffee and had the guts to tell this young preacher who came into Cape Girardeau and God just blew the thing up and the thing kept growing. We bought property and all kinds of stuff. He had the guts to look at me and tell me these words. He said, you're trying to get from man what only God can give you. And he said, you've got to quit looking at man as your source. So quit looking for promotion to come from the north and from the south and from the east and the west. Look to him. And look to him. Don't play manipulation games. Don't play power games. Take it to the Lord. Pray. Live surrendered to him. And let Him lead and guide and direct. And let Him promote you. Because when God promotes you, what God exalts, no man or demon has the power to pull down. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changeth the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. Look at this. He removes kings and sets up kings. Oh, pastor, what about the election? I'm not worried. I'm not worried. It's in God's hands. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to be a good citizen. I'm going to campaign for who I think I need to campaign for, and I'm sure enough going to cast my vote. But let me tell you something. When it all comes down and it all comes out in the wash, what God wants is what's going to happen. And if it's what God wants, then it's what I want. It's God that sets up kings and it's God that removes kings. There comes a time when we got to start living what we believe. There comes a time when preachers and pastors have to start living what they preach. There comes a time when Christians have to put their faith where their mouth is. There are certain people that I do not want to be the president of these great United States of America. But if they do become the president, then I will pray for them. And ask God to guide them and lead them and direct them and save them, just like I pray for the president we have right now. Proverbs 21, verses 1 through 3. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. And God turns the king's heart whithersoever he will. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord pondereth the hearts. What does that really mean? It says every way of man is right in his own eyes, but sometimes he's wrong. The Bible said God ponders the heart. To do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than 
sacrifice. Oh, I just need to sacrifice to the Lord. I just need to sacrifice to the Lord. No, you just need to live right. You need to act right. You need to conduct yourself in a just way. You need to conduct yourself in a way that will bring honor to His name. When I wear the name Jesus Christ, when I tell people that I'm a Christian, lost people make their decisions about Christ based on the way I conduct myself. And so the Bible says to do justice and judgment is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. It doesn't say sacrifice is not acceptable. It just says justice and judgment are more acceptable. John chapter 19 verses 10 through 12. Then saith Pilate unto him, Speakest thou not unto me? Knowest thou not that I have power to crucify thee and have power to release thee? Look what Jesus said to him. You didn't have any power at all against me except it were given to you from above. Therefore, he that delivered me unto you has the greater sin. Jesus told Pilate, Pilate said, I've got the power to crucify you and I've got the power to release you. And Jesus said, not. (laughs) No, no, no. Why? Because the Bible said, Jesus told him, God's the one that gave you the power to do whatever. And from thenceforth, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out saying, if you let him go, you're not Caesar's friend. And whosoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. And they were referring to Jesus right there because he called himself the king of the Jews. Now listen, Pilate wanted to release Jesus. He wanted to release him. You know why he wanted to release him? Because he wanted to prove to everybody that he had the power to do it. But he couldn't. You know why? Because the cross was in God's plan. The cross was in God's plan. Always remember, man and the devil and his cohorts, all of them do not have the power to undo what God has done. Man cannot curse what God has blessed. I'm going to take it a little bit farther. The devil can't curse what God has blessed. So always remember that. And so in closing today, I want to remind you, God's got you. God's aligning you. God's structuring you. God's bringing order into your life. He's producing that so so He can bless you. We walk in extreme favor whether the devil likes it or whether he doesn't. We live in the presence of God and enjoy what His presence produces whether the devil likes it or not. Come on, touch your neighbor and tell him you're not a half-wit. You're not a failure. You're not a mistake. You're not a mess up. Your daddy might have said, whoops, but God said, you're mine. You're not a disappointment. We've learned how to live by faith and that's why we are overcomers. So the enemy will tell you that you're a failure. The enemy will tell you 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 can't do what what you know by faith that you can do. The enemy will try to beat you down. He'll try to defeat you. He'll try to destroy you. He'll try to destroy you because of your race. He'll try to destroy you because of your culture. He'll try to destroy you because of your language. He'll try to destroy you because of your identity. He'll beat you down if you let him. He'll beat you down. He'll kick you around. He'll do everything that he can to try to rip you apart. But let me tell 
tell you something. What He is calling cursed, God is busy calling blessed. And if we surrender to Him and surrender to His love and surrender to structure and surrender to honor and allow spiritual alignment to take place in our life, then God will position us to receive the blessing of God and the favor of God upon our lives. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give God some praise. Now, my last point today, the cross was a master alignment by God. And it began in the Garden of Eden. You say, how did the cross begin in the Garden of Eden, Pastor? That's where God established a blood sacrifice. How did that happen? When Adam and Eve sinned, their eyes were opened and they saw that they were naked. The Bible said they sewed fig leaves together and tried to make themselves aprons. And God came looking for them in the cool of the day. And when he saw them, he said, that's not good enough. And he killed an animal and he made them a coat. And he gave them a fur coat. And that's what covered them. The establishment of blood sacrifice for the eradication and the covering of sin. That was the beginning of God's master Alignment. The blood sacrifice was established in the Garden of Eden. God established it or, perpe- or perpetuated it through the law of Moses, the old Mosaic law with, with uh, turtle doves and lambs and oxen and animals being slain for the covering of man's sin. It was, it's appropriated today. First of all, it was satisfied by Jesus. So no longer do we have to go through lambs and oxen and turtle doves and things like that. The Bible said that Jesus became the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. If you were here this past Wednesday night, I dealt with this in great detail when I preached on the cure for the curse. Jesus satisfied what the law demanded. Jesus said, I've not come to destroy the law. I've come to fulfill it. That means He satisfied what the law demanded. And the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that He entered in one time into the holy place to obtain eternal redemption for you and for me. He did that because He loves you. He did that because He loves me. It was the master alignment by God. When Jesus died on Calvary, the Bible said that the veil in the temple tore in two from the top to the bottom not to let God in, but to let God out. Now we come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. It was the master alignment by God. Today, that blood and that forgiveness and that cleansing and that grace and mercy is appropriated by faith in and through Jesus Christ with the help of the person of the Holy Spirit. That's why the Bible says no man comes to God except the Spirit of God draws him. What the Spirit of God is doing is He is pointing us past the cross to an empty grave and pointing us to the right hand of the Father where Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you and I. And God's master plan His master alignment will culminate in the return of the Lord. We're in the middle of that plan right now. Actually, we're toward the end of that plan right now. 
The Bible said that one of these days soon the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. With a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the Bible said the dead in Christ will rise first then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet Him in the clouds and so shall we ever be with the Lord. God's got you. He's got you. Touch your neighbor and say, God, God's got me. Come on. He, he established that in the Garden of Eden. He established it in the Garden of Eden. And let me tell you something. Throughout the thousands of years and the millennials, throughout the thousands of years, God has not changed His mind about you. He didn't get three quarters of the way through His plans and say, whoops, we need to do a do-over. No, He didn't do that. You know why? Because the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, is sufficient to cleanse us and the world over from all of their sin. The Bible said He'll remember that sin against us no more as far as the east is from the west because way back in the Garden of Eden, the master plan for man's redemption was established. Calvary, the cross, the empty grave, the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those things, those things are part of God's master plan and we get to participate. Now, I, I, want, I want to be very careful here because I don't want to preach another 30 minutes, but there's one thing I need to say. I've had people say, well, I don't want to go to heaven because it just seems like it'll be boring. I said, well, the alternative. <laughs> you think you're going through hell right now? You don't know what hell is. It's real. So the alternative is, you know, not exactly what any of us would want. I wouldn't be. I will tell you this. Eyes not seen and ears not heard. This is scripture. And neither has entered into the heart of the man of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You are not going to go to heaven, sit around on a little cloud, grow angels' wings, and go holy, 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 holy for millions and millions and millions of years. No, the Bible said he hung the worlds upon nothing. This is just one. You go to heaven, God's going to activate you. He's going to put you to work. He's going to put you to work. He's going to use you. The Bible said we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We can't see them, but they can see us. They can see us. In fact, this is Memorial Day. In fact, when you engage in worship... You are engaging in an activity that those that went before you can engage in with you. And together, we can worship Him. This morning, when I was worshiping the Lord, I was worshiping with my grandmother. Oh, she's not alive on this earth today, but she's in the presence of the Lord. And I think she was looking down saying, that's my grandson, and he's getting ready to worship and up her hands 
let's worship together. Think about it. Think about it. Heaven is not going to be a boring place. Not at all. Let's stand. us to bow our heads and close our eyes for just a few moments. I just sense the direction of the Lord on something here and I want to obey Him. First and foremost and the most important thing right now is if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then I want to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. In just a few moments I'm going to ask people to come forward and pray. And, and you can come forward with everyone that comes to pray. Dr. John is here. Doc, come up here if you would, please. And Pastor Hatcher, would you come up here, please? Pastor Ronnie Hatcher, one of the former pastors of this church and wonderful man of God, one of our elders here. These two men um, and their wives are wonderful, wonderful men of God. And when, when I ask everyone to come forward to pray, if you need to give your life to Christ, I'm going to ask them to stand for just a few moments and you just approach them while everyone's coming and they will pray with you to give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. But there's something else that I feel like in my spirit that I need to, to pull for this morning. I feel it's the direction of the Lord. I feel like there are some of you today that need to repent. What do you say? What do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, repentance means a change of heart and a change of direction and go in a different way. You've been hanging on to what God's been trying to get you to turn loose from, turn loose of, because He wants you to go, go to, the, to another level. He wants you to experience your next level. But you're holding yourself back because you're hanging on to what you think you've got to have. And I know that God has been speaking to some of you today. I've sensed it in my spirit. You know, when a pastor gets up here and preaches and you speak things, you can feel it go and just kind of land inside of people. You might not know who the person is, but you can tell when it hits. You can tell when the anointing just, just lands on somebody. You can tell that. And I felt that several different times while I've been ministering this morning. I feel like that God is reaching into your heart and saying, I love you too much to leave you like you are. I'm not going to leave you alone. I care too much about you. I want too desperately. I, I want you to go to the next level. I want you to experience me in a greater way. And if, that, if, if you're one of those people today, you're saying, you know, there's things I need to turn loose of. There, there are things that's holding me back. There, you know, I've been fighting this thing. I've been fighting the shift. I've been fighting the alignment. I've been fighting the structure and the order and, and chaos is in my life. And, and confusion seems to rule the day and there's chaotic things going on. And if all of that is happening, it's because we need to re-examine our structure and we need to re-examine our order. We need to go back and, 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 and get before the Lord and say, God, rework me, redesign me. The potter's wheel won't always be easy, but it's always necessary. And so I feel like this is what God is doing today. He's wanting to reshape some people. He's wanting to remold some people. He's wanting to break some chains from your past. He's wanting to release you into your future and release you into your destiny. He wants to set you free. Because God alignments produce God assignments. 
God alignments produce God assignments. And you're waiting on God to assign you somewhere. But He can't when you're out of alignment. So our prayer today is God realign me. Come on, grab the hand of the person beside you right now and say, God realign me. Come on. Come on, let's begin to pray, church, all over this church. God realign me right now. God realign me, Lord. Shape me, God. Mold me, God. Make me, God. I surrender to you. Come on, church. Out, Cry out to Him. I surrender to you, God. I surrender to your work. I surrender to your process. I surrender to you, Lord. I surrender. people free right now. Come on. Come on. If that, if you're one of those that I was preaching to this morning, I want you just to get out of the aisle and come up to the front right now. Come on. Let's gather around the front. Come right now. Come on. There's things I need to turn loose up. There's, God's been dealing with me today. Come right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Turn loose of the hand beside you and set them free. Let them come up here. Come on. Thank you for joining us today on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursdays 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.